episode of Sessions with Mary Jane. I'm Rena Ezra. I'm Jordan Free. And I'm Brendan O'Brien. And we have a wonderful guest who I've actually been very excited. I think we've all been very excited to have on the show. Um, oh, oh my God, I already got nervous just I'm thinking about his last name. Guys, it's Corey, Corey Chikazola. Now you know how every announcer at my t-ball games felt like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I was not good at t-ball, but I was insistent that they got my name correct. Yeah. It matters. It matters. Yeah. It's your identity. What's like the root or like the country of origin from your last name? It's Italian, but we like bastardized it. So it should be Kikizola, but we like changed the C-H from Italian to English, but only for one of them so like it's like there's no way that someone would naturally get it correct right upon first read right it's up for interpretation whoever in your family is feeling a certain way in the moment they can pronounce the name however they want to it is like a long game of telephone amongst generations with last names is sometimes how i think of it yeah it just gets morphed over like why why did we change it why didn't it just stay the way it's supposed to sound yeah like whose idea was like this is how we'll fit in they knew they were coming to america yeah right (laughs) a place where people are lazy we have to assimilate (laughs) uh before we go into your interrogation no i'm just kidding um (laughs) we have a challenge for you um, Brendan, if you would like to give his challenge. Yes, Corey. So over the course of this podcast, whenever you think of it, uh, an item on this list, we're going to give you a uh, list of items to name. And so your list of items to name is to name as many star- people who have stars on the Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame as you can. Okay. Yeah. I might be guessing incorrectly as for some of them. I could be lying. We, we will use the Google machine. We will be checking. So and you fact work. check. Our yeah. PA will be right on that. Yeah, so you do it in the beginning, you do it at the end, or you if you think of one randomly in the middle of the conversation, feel free to interrupt us and just shout <laughs> out and we'll put it on the list and count them up at the end. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Do I just start at any point? I'm just going to say sure, them. Go for yeah. It. I'm gonna go through Paul first because I know that was new. Mm. We love we love that fracking queen. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good first one. Yes, that's solid. So, have you always been on the RuPaul train? Like, yeah. did you like now RuPaul is pretty iconic, like among all cultures. But like, how how long have you been on that uh, um, drag race? He does drag race, right? Right, drag race started back in season one when it was on Just Logo and the budget was nothing that was my freshman year of college <laughs> and we had gotten logo wow <laughs> it was a new it was, and i was involved in like all of the like queer stuff on campus so they were like we have to like we have like a whole gay channel <laughs> and so i i it was basically all they had and i was like this is great it's like top model but on project runway on crack <laughs> uh, and that was how i tried to describe it to people uh so i've been a, i was an original day one drag race fan Wow. Um, although my relationship to RuPaul goes back because uh, I watched the Brady Bunch movies like so many times growing up on oh. syndication. Yes. Mm. Oh, yeah. so many times. Which which one's better, the first Brady Bunch movie or the second Brady Bunch movie? I think it's the first one because it's like more simple. Mm. But the second one has some of like the funniest quotes. Yeah. Like all of that sure Jan stuff happens in the sequel. Right. Like, that's, when right. She, that's when she makes up a boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and she and at one point my favorite scene is when Jan wants to like prove that she has a boyfriend so she calls a sex hotline to talk to a real man. <laughs> yeah. And Jan is like on the phone and she's like 
what am I wearing? A bright red jumper with a floral trim. <laughs> what do you mean take it off? I just, yeah. That was like my away message for years in high school. <laughs> were, were you a big, uh, big fan of the Brady Bunch growing up? No. I mean, I was a fan of the 90s movies oh, that were on TV on, all the time on syndication. <laughs> so th- those are my, my Brady Bunch. The also, ones making fun of them. RuPaul has been in the industry for a long time. Like it's yeah. fun. Like also doesn't look like you know doesn't look aged at all. I mean, to me, it looks like yeah. I'm like how how is that possible? But she has been yanked and and snatched back. I mean, the surgery, the dermatology. She's a wonder. Yeah. <laughs> true, 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 true. How? Where did you grow up? I'm a Jersey kid. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. Jersey trash through and through. So where? I where yeah. Jersey where lip. Lynnhurst as a kid. Oh my god! Same. We moved to Pramus uh, when I was in middle school. Wow. Lynnhurst didn't have middle schools. I went to my first middle school upon moving. (laughs) Wait, so you Um, were? What school were you in, Lynnhurst? I know this is getting so specific, but I know dox me. Uh, No, uh, (laughs) Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Okay, I was. I lived like around the corner. Mm. I was Lynnhurst and then went to Mawa. That's very interesting. Home yeah, of the Ramapo College. Yeah, 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 that's true. What parts of New Jersey would you say had, like, the biggest influence on who you are or, like, what your personality is like? I mean, I guess... I mean, I really became a fully formed person in college. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, I... Like, like a lot of, like, gay people are... I was, like, barely myself and then went to school in Mawa, New Jersey. And so, like, it wasn't <laughs> specifically about the where in New Jersey I was. But mm-hmm. the fact that I was, like, having gay sex and, like, being myself and not, like, worrying about, you know, all of that, like, stuff you grew up with, like, being queer uh, yeah. and being a young person. <laughs> yeah. How was it in just suburbia? Because now you, where do you live now? Where are you now? I'm in East Rutherford. Oh, so I'm still, right. I'm still in Bergen County. Got you. Yeah, I've also... Uh, never bursted out of the Bergen County bubble. <laughs> I know. I mean, at this point, like we live in such an expensive place yeah. in the country yeah. that like anywhere else I'm going to move, that's going to be like cooler quote unquote is like my rent is going to be double. And that seems dumb to me. Yes. So like, yes. I don't want to go to New York. I don't want to go to Hoboken. Yes. I'm yeah. two train stops away from New York. I, I mean, my commuting in on transportation is like a you've, a breeze so yeah yeah that is it is very convenient it is very nice but also you don't have to really be in person for work right now are you doing most of your job virtually interviews over like obviously through you know right yeah i mean when i was hired at cinema blend five years ago i was working full-time from home so i have always been in my pajamas Mm -hmm. uh smelling bad (laughs) (laughs) during work uh but i would go into the city or travel for like in-person interviews when i for junkets that right now has not been a thing they've been all virtual uh i could have done in person for something i must have maybe it was in the heights but it would have had to be like i would have had to get tested we were understaffed for the week it was a whole thing and i was like screw it i'm just gonna do this from home yeah. Uh, how is the adjustment? How is the 
doing it obviously you know the what you lose by not doing it in person but yeah there's definitely a lack of chemistry you know it's it feels it was already a contrived environment <laughs> but it, and you know it's like super weird these are five minute interview blocks mm-hmm. so like it's mind numbing for them I'm sure mm-hmm. and you black out as a journalist because you're trying to like connect with somebody get what you need and also not make the person mad at you who's like running the thing mm-hmm. uh so there's there's less chemistry that being said I mean, not having to commute and all that stuff. I'm like the laziest. I don't ever leave my house. I'm like <laughs> such a hermit, hermit. So like not having to schlep uh, into the city for interviews is nice. But I, I, I miss the in-person stuff. I hope it'll happen. Yeah, definitely. Eventually. Hopefully we don't go backwards. <laughs> they started kind of happening. There were in-person junkets. Some of them required testing. And then now it's like, I don't know when that'll be feasible what would you <laughs> I don't know do um differently or try to like harness something unique by just having the five minute time block since it's so short what would you if yeah you could it's put into words it's tough it's so weird how like two more minutes change changes my entire job <laughs> like just having enough room to like be in a, an actual organic conversation with segues and like yeah. acknowledging what someone says instead of like, well, I have to try to squeeze in stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's hard. I, I would say one thing that's good is that like normally, so I'm like looking at a person on camera, trying to connect with them, thinking about my questions, but then there's a producer behind them that is counting me down with minutes the whole mm-hmm. time and telling me to wrap it up. So it's stressful being like trying to silently acknowledge them, like give them a nod still pay attention to the person I'm trying to like have a conversation with. Mm-hmm. Well, now that it's, in, that it's in Zoom, I can type back like, yes, I heard you, two more minutes. Ah, true. So that part is helpful. Or I could be like, don't worry, I have, that is my last question. And once they stop talking, I will leave. You know, mm-hmm. I, that part is is nice. That's the only, the only good thing that has come is I can like, communicate because I'm not a telepath. I can't do it yeah. when it's in person. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it feels like you're a stand-up and you're getting your light. <laughs> And they're like, you're it's, done, five minutes, you're yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's crazy. That's exactly what it feels like. And then if you have just, like, a director who likes to talk, which is most of them, <laughs> uh, then, like, you know, they start going off in a diatribe and you, like, maybe get two questions in and then it's over. <laughs> who do you think is the uh, interviewing goat, not to uh, put you in a controversial situation right now, the greatest of all time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been lucky. Everyone's been very kind to me. I don't have a horror story yet, Um, but I have a few like cool moments. Blake Lively and Paul Feig, I had them together for a simple favor with Anna Kendrick, and they served me a martini during the interview. So so that was fucking cool. And and it was like ten in the morning. I did not. I do not drink gin. (laughs) And I was like, "Mm, yes, please. Uh, And there's a gift that my co-worker made because at halfway through the interview she like slides it back over to me like continue drinking please and I like just you know the have you heard the impression clutching your pearls like, yeah. it's, like it's so it's my my reaction is like <laughs> like I wish I, like, people could yeah. see this <laughs> yeah I can I know I'll send it to you and if you want to put it on I don't know you guys are on Patreon 
or something. Yeah. Uh, I can send you the gift if you want that to be an elite privilege or something. Oh, but yeah. it's yeah. just like, sure. it's what gay happiness looks like. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's so funny. Uh, yeah, they were cool. And then Jamie Lee Curtis is my favorite all-time person I've interacted with for work at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't have a four-minute thing. I visited the set of the 2018 Halloween, Ooh, cool. which is so good. Uh, I was so excited. And so she came in, she was not working that day, but she got into like Lori drag, mm. got on the wig, put on the thing, <laughs> talked to us for like 15 minutes. The producers tried to get her away and she was like, I'm fine and stayed. Oh, and then I, she hung out on set all day, like doing text to speech on the grass. And then <laughs> we're like, I went out with the smokers every break we had because we were like stuck in a dining room the whole time and she like came back on her own accord to talk to us and had the slate from the original movie and was like look what i have you guys so she's extremely generous and cool and has a very foul mouth and i just think she's the coolest lady ever that's cool that's awesome yeah what are some of the things that that surprise you uh when you interview like different celebrities um i don't know i mean it's tough because I like, I want to like make a snap judgment about like, oh, so-and-so, I don't know. The people in Marvelous Miss Maisel were all lovely, right? And I was like, oh, I just love this show even more. Mm-hmm. But like, if someone like doesn't have chemistry with me or like is sitting through mindless interviews, like it's not really their fault, mm-hmm. I guess. So uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I did... I'll, I'll drop one name, Ansel Engel, Elgort, who is like a controversial figure right now. Mm-hmm. I did an interview with him for the Goldfinch, which I did not like at all. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this guy just had, he was just like no energy. Like I felt like he, you know, he didn't give a shit. And then, so I like kind of held that against him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I interviewed him for West Side Story and he was like perfectly lovely and energized. And I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't judge people based on four minutes of like, time in a terrible endless day of press that being said his other stuff uh, i won't comment on <laughs> yeah no i'm not that, i'm not i'm not standing yeah. up for him as a human but the but it is, experience was different the it, second time around it was vastly different yeah you're just meeting him in a short burst and also it's if they're human and it's just like you don't know how the rest of their day went yeah steven spielberg i just thought that for the star thing i just wanted to Oh I'm yeah, sure I'm sure he has one. Yes. Certain of this, yes, he does. Yeah, <laughs> it, is, it is interesting how like uh, even like, like even for people who like don't talk to celebrities or meet celebrities, like there is like this thing where people do feel the need to have an opinion about the quality of people, like as celebrities. Like, and I guess like like do you do you feel like oftentimes like the quality of the show for you? I know you mentioned the Miss Maisel thing, but do you? Do you, how often do you feel like the quality of the thing that you watch is affected after finding out the person? Whether you meet them or you just like watch an interview or whatever it is. Um, usually I'm like just so excited that I know people from something. I watch a lot of everything. So I'm usually I'm just like, I love you from this 1996 weird thing that you were in. <laughs> um, but, oh wait, I was going somewhere. That was a precursor. <laughs> that was a precursor to a really good point that I had about something. Oh, oh no, I remember now. Oh, Every, everything that I love is made by monsters. <laughs> like my my favorite things. My favorite sh- TV show is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, yeah. My fa- my favorite movie is American Beauty. Mm-hmm. You know, like all of the, my favorite things 
the people behind them had turned out to be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that is a challenge <laughs> that I have to just be like, oh, well, I'm going to keep watching the Buffy or whatever the case. Amer- like American Beauty is amazing. And Kevin Spacey yeah. is also is also a creep. Yeah. yeah. I, that's Do fascinating, you, though, that it is that that's a pattern. <laughs> yeah. All the t- yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> How do you, how, so do you separate the artist from the person then in order to, I know we definitely like discuss this with other artists on the show, but I am always interested in everybody's answer. Um, if you're able to also for your job, if you're able to separate them and like, you know, try and watch the art non-biased. I guess there's some journalistic neutrality that you have to have also. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as far as like dealing with people who separating the artists, like I've had just because, as I just mentioned, like all of my things, terrible things keep coming out about the people who create all of my favorite stuff. So I've had to be like, well, either I'm going to never enjoy this again or I'm going to have to separate it, you know. But one influences the other. I mean, one does anything you create is now a piece of you. Right. But like, does it make all, everybody else's work less significant? No, like, not, you know, right. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. It's very weird with Buffy in particular, because it is by far my favorite show. And like all of that Joss Whedon stuff is were so wild. And like, so many of the cast specifically was like, he's not a good guy. Like right. the whole cast at this point has said, in one way or another, like, we don't like this dude. Oh, so yeah. it's rough. Like, they must have been miserable. Grey's Anatomy. That's another show I love. Like, that set was horrible for yeah. ten years. It was, it was notoriously terrible. Wow. They have so we've had so many scandals. Wow, I have not been on the Grey's Anatomy wagon. So I don't. oh, <laughs> I mean, just like for a while there, everyone kept getting fired, and like there were all so many fights on set. It was just like crazy, yeah. and that's unsettling uh, for the right people who are supposed to be doing their jobs <laughs> or acting. How do you? That's not like yeah. Not a good word. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. And, but I'm going to have, so I guess maybe I've been given a blessing in that way (laughs) that I can, I've been forced to have those boundaries and otherwise I'm just not going to be able to have beloved things in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I I guess you have to like, almost like look at it with the logic of like the, like, like with the movie, for example, it's like, yeah, someone like Kevin Spacey is awful and you watch American Beauty, but there's also like a bunch of other people who were involved in making that. And like, they also can, should be able to claim ownership over it the same way that mm-hmm. he might, or like someone who watched it might. Right. Like how we're just not going to watch Annette Bening's performance for the rest of time. Like, no way, dude, she's unreal in that she movie. <laughs> yeah. Like she, that, she's uh, like the one of most, one of the best performances ever on film. I feel like she's just like the perfect amount of unhinged and I need her. I need to watch her clean someone's house. Yeah, <laughs> I feel yeah. like they have to create like a computer based algorithm or like computer AI that just like takes out Kevin Spacey from movies and replaces <laughs> him like they did with the uh, all the money in the world. Plummer, <laughs> Except yeah. like it's just done by a computer. Like you don't even have to do it. With and if anyone is gonna do it, like Captain Von Trapp from The Sound of Music, I would, I would, I wouldn't mind if his face was on all of those performances. <laughs> yeah. But Christopher suspense. Plummer and everything. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I have to ask. Um, also, the people that you listed, like Jimmy Lee Curtis and. Do you, you want to see if they have? Um, or do, or do those count as far as stars? Oh yeah. The oh, I'm certain Jamie Lee Curtis has yes. a star. Yes. Just because I didn't, you meant you mentioned them, and I didn't want those to go to yeah. Sure Blake Lively might have one, maybe not. Oh, hmm. I'm not sure about that. Paul Feig, like Paul Feig, has been in a lot of stuff. Maybe yeah. he has one. 
Yeah. Oh, we're on the fat chicken machine now. Um, I know, right? What are three movies that are very underseen that you think people have to watch? Oh, oh my gosh. Um, I'm in a horror place right now. I'm currently... And I feel like not enough people have seen um, Hush on Netflix. Mm, I have not. That, I haven't seen it, yeah. It's Mike Flanagan, the master of like Netflix's oh, wow. uh, you know, haunting shows and uh, Stephen King things. Yeah, and uh, yeah, watch oh, Midnight Mass was the best thing that came out last year, mm. like by far. Uh, and so it's about it's like a simple home invasion, but the final girl, the only girl. And she's, it's played by the one lady who's in all the stuff that he's married to. Mm. And she's uh, deaf. And so that's, that's, it's a very simple twist on a home invasion, but it creates for such like inventive, interesting sequences. And it's really, really great performances. It's so good. Wow, I'm intrigued. Also, an update on the the fact checking. So Jamie Lee Curtis, as we all probably could have guessed, is definitely, does definitely have a star, as deserved. Uh, and then... Uh, Paul Feig and Blake Lively, not currently, but I uh, I would guess that they probably are on their way there. Paul Feig deserves better. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have? Uh, are there any like like are? Do you have any favorite directors uh, that uh, when you are thinking of some of the movies that you've enjoyed over your entire life, they've consistently cranked out some faves of yours? Um. Sure. I mean Spielberg. Spielberg of it all uh Spike Lee is like a master I interviewed him he was fucking awesome mm-hmm. uh um directors that I I mean I I mean like Nolan stuff is always fun to watch mm-hmm. uh who else um I don't know I want it's hard because there's like just like all the like greats like Kubrick Kubrick you know what I mean like I could just like go off yeah (laughs) you know some people are very consistent I always kind of like used to put Joss Whedon on that pedestal too uh like I love uh The Cabin in the Woods like that Mm. that movie is right in my sweet spot Mm. it's right in that like scream place of like comedy and horror and yeah yeah do you so do you get scared when you watch horror movies or are you like are you into it more for just like the experience of watching it um yeah i get scared still i mean the right jump scare will get me for sure yeah i yeah when i saw the new scream there were a bunch of moments where i called myself be like uh yeah yeah they can get me for sure and i I, i'm here for it i want to feel all the feelings James Wan will get me. His jump scares mm. are are always like ridiculous. Um, yeah. yeah, I can definitely get spooked by a good horror movie if it's the right uh, right stuff going on. Yeah, there's something like weirdly satisfying about getting scared watching a movie, right? Like it's it's kind of impressive that someone was able to just like by just like showing you like a series of images, they were able to elicit a response from you, and they could be millions of miles away from you. It's also sound. I, yeah, it's not just images. Exactly, and people like are like, I'm not into horror. I'm like, shut up! Like the <laughs> fact, like the fact that you're too scared to watch it already means doing its job. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes. I, yeah. I'm trying. I'm here to feel things. I'm like in a very. I'm a crier when it comes to uh, all forms of media. <laughs> uh, I'm 
I'm very open. I'm emotionally available. Uh, so on top of being a crier, I'm also like ready, ready to be scared. Where's the most uh, public but, place you cl- cried? Oh my God. Everywhere. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, no, you know what? This is dark. I'll go, I'm going to go there. Yeah, there. Ooh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Potentially a traumatic story, but I had, um, I was going through a awful breakup and I found out that my ex like stole a whole bunch of my stuff. Oh, wow. And I was on the phone and like this, the, it caught me for some reason so off guard. And I was in a bottle king. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I was like, <gasps> and I like ran to my car and like openly wept. And then this woman, this angel from heaven, like knocked on my window and was like, are you okay? Like, I know sometimes we all go through things. Like, do you need someone to talk to? And I was too like embarrassed. I was like, no, 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 yeah. I'm fine. Uh, but wow, I think about her, shout I think out about to her, her all the time. I know. I want to like write a poem about her or like <laughs> something. I feel like there's this like nice lady out there who like, you know, like I was fine enough. I had enough cap- capabilities to mm-hmm. handle what I was going through. Yeah. Um, but if I wasn't like, you know, she could have like saved a life. Yeah, yeah. That but was Bottle awesome. King, and then when I passed by that Bottle King, I'm always like, mm. that's, the, <laughs> that's, that's the Bottle you. King where I openly wept. <laughs> <laughs> I, Corey, I'm sure you're probably not the only person to have cried at the Bottle King part of life. During, yeah, during the day, like middle of the afternoon, <laughs> you know. And then you grab your bottles of wine, right? And then you go. Home. I wonder if I. I don't know if I did. I think I might have driven away, which is sad. That's the real tragedy. <laughs> you uh, left. I don't think I forgot. I wish that it was like a move, like a comedy where people something bad happens and they accidentally shoplift. <laughs> yeah. I wish, I wish that was what happened, but unfortunately, I don't think it did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Corey. If you could pick a, a movie genre that would describe your life, what movie genre would you say is the life of Corey Chikazola? Hmm. I want. I mean, I'm I'm on a, I'm on a dead horse, but like the like comedy drama, a, a good dramedy is mm-hmm. where I sit comfortably, uh, and that includes like horror stuff. Like I like, uh, I don't know, dark stuff is funny. <laughs> like you know, life is gr- grimly hilarious. Uh, so that's probably like, and that's probably part of like why I like respond to the genre so much. But usually, all of my favorite movies are like dark comedies uh like american beauty like i said like yellow jackets is hitting that sweet spot for Mm -hmm. me on showtime if you guys are not watching yellow jackets have you can i elevator pitch you (laughs) do you know what it's about at all no no not really oh my gosh okay so it's about it's a split story set in like 1995 and now and it's about these this elite group of soccer players who are going to do like go to nationals or some shit and their plane goes down in the middle of the Canadian wilderness and they're there for a year and a half and they eventually like result to cannibalism to like ritualistic cannibalism. So they're, we, we start off with like dead people and cannibalism in the episode one. And then we like get bits and bits and bits and it's so good. It's surprisingly funny. What yeah, it opens like there? we know that there's, but we only, but we don't know like who it is. We don't know the people who are alive. Oh, wow. it's and it's set between. So we're seeing it happen, and then we're seeing like adult them in the real world. Mm. As and adult them is Juliet uh, Lewis and Christina Ricci uh, oh, wow. and Melanie Linsky. <laughs> oh, so it's like I the know. best cast ever. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. 
Good. I've been, I have, I finished watching certain, like some shows. So I'm just like, yeah, now I'm besides euphoria. I'm yeah. like, I gotta wait for an episode to come out each time. Like the olden days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Euphoria fun. will keep me together now because euphoria being on Sundays will now replace yellow jackets, which just ended. Ah, yes. Uh, yeah. uh and Showtime and Dexter, the new Dexter I did. So every Sunday I had Dexter and Yellow Jackets, which was good time. Yeah. Good, good block of TV. Do, does that ever, uh, like, affect your dreams? Like, do you ever, no, if you're watching... I'm such a sicko. I mean, when it comes to, like, <laughs> hor- when it comes to, like, horror content, like, your girl is immune. I play horror video games. I- oh, whoa, Really? <laughs> Yeah, I would love really... to see you in. I went with my twin to Providence, Rhode Island, and she did a horror movie game on virtual reality, standing with the headset and the, everything. I don't know if you've ever done that before, but I'm just picturing you doing that, <laughs> and I would love to see it. <laughs> I'm down. I have not. Uh, I've haven't. I'm a VR virgin, so mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> okay. unfortunately, if if you had to uh, set a new horror movie that's coming out next year, where would it take place? I don't, I kind of like simple, I like, you know, I don't need a big giant concept mm-hmm. uh, as far as like, I kind of like that being now, although you have to worry about like phones. So maybe like the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, you know what I mean? Like mid 90s, pre-cell phones. The yeah, Fear Street cool. movies were satisfying in that way. There was like a, one of them was the 90s year and I was like, yeah, this is so great. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm now old enough that I can enjoy like vintage content about my uh, childhood. Yeah, the, the '90s is is like we're definitely on the brink of a lot. Probably have a lot of '90s content just because like we had that like nice big '80s wave and nostalgia that was had kind of played out over the last decade. And now it feels like I mean we've gotten '90s stuff before, but now I think now especially we're about to get probably more of it. And like the early 2000s, like Pen Fifteen. Mm-hmm is did did its own like no one has captured like what it was like to be in middle school during that time yeah, until then yeah, yeah like <laughs> it was so accurate <laughs> yeah it's kind of weird like when like once they do start making things like period pieces about times that you were like oh i was a child then mm-hmm. you know uh yeah i think i guess especially because it's it's felt like even like the stuff with the 90s it still feels like it was like kind of far away crap Corey, what, what year were you born in Nine, 1990. Oh, yeah. So, so I'm 92. And so I feel like even like the, like, a lot of the 90s stuff, like if you're like really little, like you remember a lot of it, but it's really like that, that like late 90s, early 2000s stuff where it's like that that time period when like cell phones were kind of starting to become like a, a possibility and like technology really started coming in. And then like once you went from like VHS to like DVD and then like all of a sudden like all physical media was gone. It's just like, it felt like, like a lot happened in that, that period of time. Right. I need more content about um, instant messaging. Yo, yes. <laughs> because that was life-changing for us all. Like, that's why we're all good with technology. Mm-hmm. That's why everyone can type well. Mm-hmm. That's true. Like, when I meet people who are shitty at typing, I'm like, didn't, weren't you on AIM every day? Like, what do you mean you don't know how? Like, I didn't learn from school. I learned from bullshitting on AOL every night yeah. School, you know yeah so and that's one that the pen 15 does so well is like like AOL instant messenger specifically was su- is like such like in that show but also it, like during that time period was such the gateway towards communicating with everyone you talk to it's like even like, the phone wasn't even like as important as having AOL instant messenger yeah texting is just AOL instant messenger but like now yes you know yeah <laughs> like 
it's the same crap. That's where the yeah. form of like instantly being like, bah, 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 I think was... it's special because uh, people of uh, our, like if you grew up in the nineties or born in the nineties, you're also like, you have your toes dipped into both waters mm. like before, right before like again cellular yeah. advancement but also internet we grew up with the internet so it's like also google youtube coming out, like things that were literally developing as we were developing mm-hmm. and so we learned how to use them as opposed to kids now who were born into the world of it i feel like they don't they don't know what a search engine is like they don't know the basics <laughs> of a you know what I'm saying? They don't know about Ask Jeeves. They never they ask Jeeves anything. They don't know that the save icon is a floppy disk. Like, they don't yes. know that. They don't even have we, USBs, probably. I don't even know what I'm saying. That's what that, like, meme of, like, sure, Grandma, like, that's us. Because yes. we are, because we're, we're the last generation that, like, we did, yeah, floppy disks and tapes and, like, cassette tapes, you know, uh, all of all of that stuff. Like, we, yeah, we were, like, alive during the, like, the renaissance like we saw it happen so and that's why i feel like we're not gonna i always wonder like is there gonna be a point where we're like the old people who can't figure out technology but i don't know it will happen i yeah i think (laughs) pretty good yeah i think we've been forced to adapt so the constantly that we're just gonna be like yep doop 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 I'm old and then like you know whatever right (laughs) i agree with that yeah yeah because before the biggest leap was like it's like, all right, I'm finally going to, like, actually watch TV as opposed to just listening to the radio. And so, they, like, like probably, like, older generations were definitely less, in, like, they had less, like, like hurdles and, like, less, like, kind of, like, milestones to, like, to get to. And, they're, like, and like resistance. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like the only thing I'm resisting is TikTok. Like, I won't do it. Yeah. Same. Same. <laughs> yeah. What, what is it for you that turns you off to, to TikTok? There's so many things about it. <laughs> I just feel like people are gross, like, I, it, stop stop recording yourself crying if you're <laughs> if you're upset and your first in thing to do is mm. to turn on a camera you yeah. need to talk to someone about that mm. like good point you're gonna make content out of it what do you mean like what yeah go look in the mirror if you have to see how pretty your eyes look when you're crying you know what i mean like don't yeah. like i don't know people it's the oversharing mixed with oversimplification mm. Yeah, it just feels gratuitous. That being said, like I'll enjoy a good one. I'll wait once they go viral enough that I see it on, you know, <laughs> Twitter or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. TikToks are way more enjoyable when you don't see them on TikTok. That's and people swear by it, and I, I feel it's. I feel like I'm like grandpa. Like I'm get off my lawn. Like this is my get off my lawn mm-hmm. first moment yeah. because I like hate TikTok so much. Yeah, yeah. I've never. And like I didn't. I never had Snapchat. Like I've. I've oh. missed out on on apps and not felt as much like vitriol yeah. <laughs> as I do about TikTok. I don't know. Yeah. That's very- <laughs> I feel I feel like we've lived through enough of these social media trends now to know that some come and go, some stay yeah. forever, but they just change over time. And like Fine. people who are like addicted to them now will be addicted forever. Okay. But like other than that, like uh, it's it, it seems like it's always shifting a little bit too. So like if you don't get into TikTok, there will be something else that might be better that comes along and- very soon. You know what else is happening right now is that all of our parents are like crazy on Facebook and like oversharing in that way. 
Mm-hmm. And like, I seem to recall when you were on my case about what I put on the internet <laughs> <laughs> and, and you were worried about my away, whatever, my away message or whatever I was my face. And like, you're the one now yeah. you're doing all of the things. Yeah. You're like identifying your mother's maiden name accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> to a meme post you know what I mean? that's okay, specific. <laughs> well because I, I feel like a lot of those like share and comment yes. on this post thing yeah. are like traps to get people to reveal their passwords and Yo. like security questions whoa Yo. that's hot that's i did not realize that Damn, that's, that's so that's smart that is actually they're gonna name exactly their dogs they're gonna say their first dog's name on it by responding you and can, then when you you're can trying probably to- find everyone's like yeah information if you go through all their social media, you can, but that with like, I think people have done that. I think people have literally gotten hacked like that. Yeah. For what you're, yeah, exactly. I, I just, I don't know. It's just, it's the, like the shoes on the other foot. Now that like with the parents and everybody, <laughs> those people. It's do so weird. That. But it is just, it is just, I, it's just overwhelming. I don't, I don't like how there's just too many of them and there's just so much at the same time. Mm. I've never hated the word content more in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I hate it. I hate it. Especially because it's just like people. I'm like, it's not content. Like you're just in your living room. Like (laughs) you're not a content creator for work. You're just like posting your trauma online. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's also, it's just become quantity, not quality either because like now that you're having these many people have access to it billions of people have or whoever have i don't know how many exactly have a tiktok but it's like then everybody is now a video editor in their own home and does all these things all these things and there's so many dances (laughs) 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 there's also like a dark part of twitter which is like these like they put it's like meme formats right where everyone uses the same song and the same words and like there's like a gay part of it which is just like really attractive white dudes putting out awful content in quotes and it's just like them shortlist doing the same stupid dance Mm. and it gets millions and millions like so much reaction i'm like this is all garbage mama like Throw it away, burn it in fire. There's just so, I'm sure there's good parts about TikTok, but there's so many bad parts about it that I'm constantly seeing that I'm like, sis, yeah, you've got to yeah. stop. You like, you know, we've got to stop rewarding bad behavior. We have to stop rewarding like the algorithms. Yeah. Way of sure. you know, like rewarding attractive people <laughs> for doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. What do you like to do when you're uh, not watching things on screens? How do you get away? <sighs> Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm a hermit, <laughs> no, uh, but I play a lot of Dead by Daylight uh, on Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. That is my main video game of choice. Um, but I do video gaming. Um, yeah, I watch just so much TV and movies. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, theater, I love live theater. I do community theater now, currently. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a very good way for me to get out of the house and make adult friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's like my like hobby that isn't work. Uh, so that's Wait, what theater? Yeah. yeah, do you want to plug that? I hop around all the time in the New Jersey community theater scene, but I'm currently rehearsing Tuck Everlasting at the Chatham Community Playhouse. I don't know if that's what it's called, Chatham Players. I think it's Chatham Community 
no, I don't know. I don't know the name of the theater, but I'm doing Tuck Everlasting, the musical there currently. Ooh, cool. When do uh, you guys open? Uh, first two weekends of March. Mm. Hopefully cool. things will have calmed down and we like, and it'll be like feasible to like do a show. Yeah. I've never, I haven't done a show since pre-pandemic. Uh, and it's very hard to breathe and sing with a mask on in rehearsal. <laughs> I am learning. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm also out of shape. So I'm like, all right, I guess I have to go back to the gym because my body can't like do the things <laughs> that it needs to do. Yeah. It's a very vocal, yeah. Very yeah, I have to dance. Yeah. I'm not a dancer, and I never have been. <laughs> but I, I, I pretend. Yeah, what I'm a dancer like... in the way that all gay people are dancers. <laughs> uh, what was it like uh, getting to be in a production again after all the things that we've all gone through in terms of the quarantining and everything for the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, I'm just starting rehearsal, so TBD. But I'm very looking forward to it. It's it is definitely different. We're all masked. I assume we'll be masked unless we're in performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you have yeah. to get tested every time you show up for rehearsals or when the... No, I mean, there's no, like, budget to, like, pay for all those tests and stuff. Yeah. We're ma- I mean, you know, we're all fully masked. So, Everyone's vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Hopefully it doesn't get canceled. A lot of stuff has been canceled. Yeah, yeah well, fingers crossed. But yeah, yeah, it would be good. It would be good for the soul. Uh, yeah. Think about something other than work. Yeah. You know. Are you a big musical theater guy? Yeah. I have, yeah. I love it. That's all. I, all I really do is musicals. And then when I went to Ramapo, they did not do any musicals at all. <laughs> uh, so then I had to learn how to like actually act and stuff. Um, mm. But yeah, I love it. Yeah, I'm a very big stereotype in that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What's your fave? What's your fave on Broadway? For what's currently on? Ooh, yes, and of all time. My favorite show of all time is probably Next to Normal. Mm. Um, And I love a lot of Sondheim. I love Into the Woods. Mm. Um, Yeah, something, once again, a dramedy. Most of my, all of my favorites, (laughs) like, you know, pivot between comedy and drama. Mm. Uh, What's on now, though? Everything is, a lot of stuff closed. I saw the current revival of Company, and it was really good mm-hmm. with Patty Lapone. Patricia Lapone, mm-hmm. ever heard of her? Yes. <laughs> she feels like a star. Yeah, she might be. <laughs> yeah, I've now seen her. I've seen her on Broadway twice now and both Whoa. like both, I saw her in Gypsy when I was like in college and that was crazy. Damn. Uh, She's yeah, nice. I love I come from the theater. I like was wow. trying to work in theater before I got my job doing I wasn't trying to be a journalist uh at all. <laughs> um and I was working in theater in the city and trying to like find like a full time what nice good theater job with benefits on like the production side, like uh marketing, general management, that kind of stuff. Um so that's like where my like you know, that's where I originally thought my career was going to go. And then it ended up going in this really unexpected, cool where, place. How? You know? Can you elaborate? How did you go into journalism? Yeah, I was just trying to get a full-time job and something I would like to do. Uh, and yeah, I was, I saw a job open at Cinema Blend on like Indeed. Hmm. Uh, and it was for, for the weekend editor and it was working all weekend long, basically running the website, which was and you know, not, it was like entry level money wise. Um, and I was so I was just really trying to hustle and find a job that I could like actually enjoy that was in the arts in some mm-hmm. way. Uh, 
And it was, I was interviewing between there and then a Broadway, a job at broadway.com that I was like, oh, I, this is where I really want to be. And I did not get it. <laughs> and I got the job at Cinema Blend and took it. And then it ended up my, I've been there for now for six years and it's grown. And I've, you know, stepped up, 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 up and moved up uh, throughout the years and started yeah. doing inter- interviews and stuff like that. Like that didn't happen until a few years after I started, but I started doing like on camera uh, interviews and stuff. So yeah, the universe like pointed me in the correct direction. It's so cliche, but mm. like, I'm sure I would have liked that job too, but it would have been sales. I don't know if I would have been good at that, <laughs> to so be honest. like a yeah. blessing in disguise? Yes, completely. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll take this. This seems fine enough. And not knowing that it would like, like, I'm so happy. I wouldn't like, I, this is like what I want to do. I love my job. I, I've loved it the whole time. Uh, I'm very supported at where I am. So it like, it all worked out the way it was supposed to. Uh, wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. What is the, what, what aspect of your job would you say is your favorite part of your job? Um, well, I feel like the like interview stuff I do is kind of like a perk. It's not necessarily the full, all that I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I run the movie section and the news cycle on a day to day basis. So I'm like ideating everything that's going on mm-hmm. on the, on the website. Uh, so I like headlining a lot. I like self taught myself how to do that just mm-hmm. on the job because I, had like this weird in-between position and wasn't sure i didn't want to step on anyone's toes but there was a chat where people could pitch news mm-hmm. and so i just kept like doing it until i knew how to headline mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but yeah i mean i love my job in general but the like on-camera stuff and meeting you know actors and directors and people that i admire is like a huge perk uh that i i'm very lucky to have you know yes i watch because i'm such a voracious i'm watching so much content and I've always been such a TV and movies person. So, you know, when I get to meet Nev Campbell for Scream, and that's my favorite horror movie, you know, horror movie of all time, like I'm shitting my pants. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's nice. So it's like I work hard. And then once in a while, I do these like really cool uh, things that help keep me like really energized and excited. And that's like its own, its own different set of skills that I need to develop mm-hmm. besides what I'm doing all day long. So. Also, to follow up uh, with the Patty Lapone, uh, so she is. So we'll give it to you because she is, does not currently have a star. However, she will be getting one in this upcoming year. Wow, yeah. she deserves Ooh. it. Yeah. It's, it's probably because she's doing more TV lately. She's yeah. like on the, she's on the Ryan Murphy uh, payroll. Yeah, she was in Hollywood, so it's only more appropriate that mm-hmm. she gets a star in Hollywood, right? Right. Yeah. But she was in Pose. Yeah. She did, but she does all of Ryan Murphy's like stuff at this point. Yeah. Oh, good for Patty. She deserves it. She does deserve it. <laughs> How do you think that New York City has influenced you as like a connection to the stars? Because we're very far away from LA, but everybody comes through New York at least one time a year, right? Yeah, I'm like our so we're we don't have an office uh, necessarily or a home base where like we're all like we're kind of all over the country. So I'm like our. It helped me being located here because I was so close to the city that I, they could put me in the rooms and the junkets. So like, that's probably a big reason why I got to do start doing on camera stuff it was just because I was so close to the city that, you know, when there's, I'm the, me and another editor are like the New York people when there's press happening specifically in New York. So 
yeah, it's, it's hugely, it's everything as far as like how I've been able to like do my job and then how I was working in theater beforehand. I mean, yeah, the, the proximity to New York is everything <laughs> with, you know, all of the job experience that I've, I've had besides just like, you know, waiting tables and stuff. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to live, not moving there though. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. I don't, I just think it's too expensive. There's mm. just no, I can't imagine myself paying for a New York apartment. Like the amount of space I have in my two bedroom in New Jersey would be, I, I, I'd double, triple the amount of money in New York. Like that's insane. Yeah. That's cuckoo bananas. So it's not worth it for me. I don't need, I love the city. I'm sure it would, it would be a great adventure, but I'm not trying to like, I'm trying to make my bank account go up right. <laughs> yeah. and not down. So. Yes. That's what I tell all my New York city friends. <laughs> I'm like, I can't, I'm sorry. It's just, you're not going to, sorry. Yeah. My friends in New <laughs> and they all have like, some and they stay on Jersey and, and it's just like you. Yeah. I'm like, sis, so. you, li- you live in a one room. You know what <laughs> you understand? Like I, have, I live in a I closet. Have, <laughs> I have friends in New York who are too big physically for their apartment. <laughs> oh. Like per, pe- someone with a loft bed who is tall. Oh, you, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are literally too large for your apartment and you're paying more than I do. And I have an office, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the math isn't mathing. It, just, it isn't going to happen for me. True, true. So do you think, yeah, do you think New York is overrated or you, do you think it's just gotten way too, like, expensive uh, that it's lost its charm because people can't really live there anymore? Or if they yeah, are, I mean, they're very stressed. Yeah, I love it. I love the city. I loved working there. And I, I did, I dated someone who was there when I was working in New York was living in New York. So I did a lot, like I stayed there a lot and I love the city and everything that it is. It's just to me personally, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just not willing to, to spend the money. But if you're like, if you move straight to New York and you're just always paying what New York pays for, it's just normal for you. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, once you committed <laughs> and the, what we're paying in New Jersey is, you know, fucking ridiculous too. Yeah, like my co- my coworkers who live in the middle of the country have like giant sprawling homes yeah. and children. Yeah. I don't have any kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there any locations that you could see yourself wanting to move to, or that you would like? You've thought about moving to? I mean, honest, sure. But then it would either it would be the a, a, the same sort of issue. It would be connected to a major metropolitan area. Mm either a city or a suburb of a city. So it'll probably like, I can't, uh, you know, it'll be the same vibe for sure. Like mm-hmm. there's lots of cool cities that uh, I've been like, Oh, I, I love it here. But like, I love San Francisco. That's worse than New York. I'm never going to move there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's like the only place more expensive than New York. So like, that's not going to happen, yeah. uh, which sucks because it used to be like this cool, like crunchy place where like you could like, go run away to yeah. when you were gay. And now there like, are no cities where you can go run away to. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's hard. It's hard for a place to stay like cool and interesting and unique and then not get over bloated by either like the cost of living there or whatever else kind of takes it over. Yeah. And San Francisco, it's all uh, Silicon Valley took it over and now it's insane. But also you know? <laughs> media doesn't help because yeah. then when they discover they're like, Oh, this cool new hip town, whatever. Then people flock there. Also the pandemic didn't help. 
because people flocked out of New York City and came here and bumped our prices mm-hmm. up. Yeah. And we're like, no, stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to see, like, this, the, like, places around Jersey, like Hoboken was a place yeah. like that. Now, then it got yeah. like really fancy and it's all like bu- yeah. business people when they're brownstones. And then Jersey city was oh like, this was the cheap place. Mm-hmm. And now that is getting fancy as well. Yeah. So it, yeah, you, it, you're just getting like further and further away. Yeah. yeah. It's like Pac-Man. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was kind of amusing to watch like the, commercials when they were trying to like lure people back to new york it was like like even like i feel like that was like one of the first times in a while where new york felt desperate to try to get people to come back because up to that point like everyone was trying to get into, to get into the city but then obviously like the, the pandemic changed the way a lot of people think about moving to cities especially with new york being one of them yeah although it's interesting my sister lives uh like out, outside of philadelphia and new york because it had so many like restrictions and rules became the place that she wanted to go all for months because mm. Philadelphia didn't have like, you didn't have to produce a vaccine card. You didn't have, you know, like mm. the, she felt more comfortable schlepping all the way to New York for like a special weekend rather mm. than going to the like very viable city that uh, 30 minutes out of, you know, the way for yeah. her. So yeah, yeah I get that. It's, in, it's interesting. The flip side also like happened in a way. Yeah. Uh, Corey, uh, we're gonna just go check in with your uh, your list again. Uh, do you, would you oh, like yeah, to, would I'm you like, terrible. I suck. Now, Corey, you are doing so well. <laughs> There's no worry. losers yeah. in this game. You're not I the mean, bottom like three or four. Or everybody, five. but but yeah. see, but but also there, though, no There's exactly. <laughs> but even if you had zero, like the timeline, I'm just saying, like the the yeah, line I'm trying of to numbers, think of like doesn't matter photos where you fall. of people doing the hand thing. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to know how many you've gotten <laughs> so far? Uh sure right, but then so i'm just gonna like try to name off as many celebrities as possible because i'm gonna feel bad so far you have five you have rupaul steven spielberg jamie lee curtis that's one Spike hand. Lee, and patty lapone one hand in the one hand. Three. you got I'm, it and that's a pretty solid uh five five some i must that, say also true yeah Oh, does Spacey have one? I said Spacey's name six times. Oh, yeah, Brendan. Oh, wow. Come on. He definitely has one. Listen, I can't separate the art from I mean, the artist because they're hand in the cement. It's more specific. It's different. <laughs> we got the sanctity of the one. The way that Kevin Spacey is still producing those like weird House of Cards videos. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like France? <laughs> yeah. Every every two years it like comes back and I feel like it's like Jigsaw's face on it. Like I'm like, ah! Yes, yes. No, Frank Underwood's dead. Kevin Spacey does have one. You are right. Kevin Spacey he does. must, yeah. Who else does. has one? Who else is good? <laughs> Ooh, are they going to remove anyone's stars? Is that going to be a new form of oh, canceling? Oh, yeah. Donald Trump has a star because people vandalize it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess they. I guess they. they I would say they did they, something they, to get their anger out. Yeah, I would guess they probably would not, just because I feel like it's a very slippery slope, and I feel like they'll be there every single week, just removing sure. stars. So just even from like a, like a construction point of view, they're just like <laughs> it's gonna cause a mess. Like what we're gonna like half the stars are gonna be gone. Yeah, we gotta put in a new sidewalk. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And they want the all the tourist money. They can't shut down the whole walk yeah, to take down all the. Right. you know creeps that are on yeah. on it <laughs> yeah have, have you ever have you been out to uh hollywood and like seen the walk of fame i have never been to la oh wow. same shocking <clears throat> i just i'm not it's not a vacation spot mm-hmm. and i also feel like at some point work will take me there and pay for it yes mm-hmm. yes 
But we, that being said, we have like a team of people who live there, so there's not like you know we'll see. I'm sure it'll happen eventually. But, yeah, but they're uh, not you. And, and I go to California a lot though, <laughs> but it's I'm more on the like Bay Area mm-hmm. side of things. When I yeah, I've never been. Yeah. So would you, if you did move out of, or let me rephrase, a reason you wouldn't move, out, like leave the East Coast, is it because you do enjoy getting <clears throat> like snow and the different seasons, <laughs> or would you survive in a place where it's just like it is sunny and seventy degrees every day? I think I would survive in a warm land. Uh, I don't. I don't. I. I like when I like the seasons. This past week in New Jersey makes me wish I didn't because mm-hmm. it's been single degrees. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could be somewhere warm, but I could never. I don't think I could ever move to LA. I just don't. It's just too I don't think. I don't think it's for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like that East Coast. I sound like a like stereotype, but like say it, like embrace New- it. No, but like New York is not a one industry city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I don't know if I can do. Like I need a break yeah. from. I don't want to feel like that competition thing industry. Yeah. Like I just don't want my whole world to like be about one thing. Yeah. That's a very you know? point. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like you're often drawn to people who kind of like work in the same field generally as you, or do you like tend to like look for people who are like a little different in what they do, either professionally or personally, whatever. Oh yeah. No, I'm not really friends with any journalists. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm like the only one, uh, I, it's, I, a lot of people with an interest in theater, for sure. I, uh, that tends to be the more common, uh, element, but yeah, no, I'm not friends. I don't, yeah, I don't have any friends that do what I do mm-hmm. besides like coworkers or like whatever people I've met at mm-hmm. junkets, but, uh, you know, no, uh, real IRL homies. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we wish you the best with your work, your continually watching new horror movies, your <laughs> you. just recap like everything uh, in your life. And I, I don't know, just again, asking if you want to add any to your list before we clock in your final number. Oh, yeah. I want, who should I say? Chris, Chris Pratt has one. I know that's for sure because oh, his yeah. little... His son with the little glasses was there. He's so cute. Oh, Oliver, I think his name so is. so cute. He is uh, so adorable. It was sad, was it? Do you get, like, I mean, I'm assuming because you said you're always emotionally available, but do you get broken up when, like, certain celebs break up? Not typically. Hmm. The, Chris Pratt on Ferris didn't, like, get you a little? No, not as... The one that stands out is... Uh, Reese Witherspoon and Ryan Felipe. I remember when they broke up, I was like, love is dead. Uh, uh, Reese is my favorite. I bet she has a star. I'm sure Reese, but Ryan might also, uh, but she's like my favorite and I loved, I love them. Uh, So I was very sad about that, but yeah. What celebrity couples, Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonet just broke up. That's sad. That one is a real one because they're like, their families are so like connected and like the internet is so obsessed with the fact that Lenny Kravitz and Jason Momoa are like in Mm -hmm. love. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was, oof. Wow. I forgot about that for a second, but yeah. 
Yeah. So Reese Witherspoon does, definitely. Yeah, she does. <laughs> uh, and then Ryan Phillippe does not have one. Um, oh, wow. She won in that divorce. She did, mm-hmm. yeah. Did yeah. you see Reese Witherspoon on, um, you know that show on Netflix where they organize closets? What? Oh, she was on the Marie Kondo show? Is that it? No. Is it? The, no. Uh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> that sounded a lot meaner than I think. <laughs> I'm like, no, it, that's not it. No. Um, no, it was the two women that they used to have, or they were a business that started on Instagram. Is that the same thing we're thinking no. of? And then it became... No. So then we're thinking, I'm thinking of a different show. Um, but it's on Netflix and they, they were on Instagram and then they like have their own like closet organizing business or whatever, have a oh. show on Netflix. And Reese Witherspoon is like, I think in the first episode and they organize I love her, so much. her costumes is, from her movies. She's my number one favorite. It's just very sweet. They just organize her stuff, her costumes and stuff from movies. So I was just like, oh my gosh, it was. Oh yeah, that she still fits in. She can still wear the like legally blonde pink bikini like. Get out of here. Get out of town. She's like on my top like three like dream people that I want to meet up meet for for work. Like I would die. Who else else is on that list for you? Uh, My problematic fave, Lena Dunham, Mm. um, is definitely on that list. I love her so much. And I know she's my problematic. I love girls. Like girls. Somebody was just telling me girls is the greatest show of all time. (laughs) Yeah, it was a very important show to like, yeah, it's it's one of my favorite shows. I love I love I love Lena. I love me some Lena. Who else? Oh, I can't think of my third one. Those are like the top two, the first two that I usually list though. The home edit. That was what I was thinking. Home edit. Home That's edit. That's the cool. show. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Right, this cool. is a blast. Yeah, thank you, Corey. Thank, <laughs> thank you so much you for Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh Corey, do you have anything you want to plug? Any uh handles, anything you want to tell people about, whether it's a live performance or just anything in general? Um, yeah, I, I, I am Corey Chigazola on Twitter. <laughs> uh, yeah, Cinema Blend is the uh, entertainment journalism website I work for. Check us out. We're cool. Um, yeah, I just did Press for Scream. So there's a YouTube video of me talking to the Scream cast, uh, which just went up and is a dream come true. Uh, yeah, look out for me. If I'm if you see a Scream trailer, my name is in it. If you see the ones with when they say the reviews, uh, yeah. they it's very exciting. Uh, Wasn't there hopefully... a picture? Also a picture? <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. It just says my name, like Corey Chigazola, whatever, whatever I say. But they like edit it, like boom, boom, mm-hmm. one word at a time. It was like a whole very dramatic situation. So I'm hoping I get on the Blu-ray. Keep your fingers mm-hmm. crossed. Because <laughs> then I'll frame it. <laughs> All right, well, thank you guys all for listening to us on Sessions with Mary Jane. You can find all of our content at either at Late Night Hump and on social media, as well as latenighthump.com. Keep an eye out for all of our podcasts. We have the morning shower, giving you some morning jokes for, based on the news during the week. And we got plenty of podcasts and sketches all coming out. So keep on the hump, and we'll see you next time.